Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Food for Thought, where we talk about anything and everything as it pertains to health, wellness, and being your best self. I'm Carissa McKay, one of the health promotion specialists in Edmonton, and today I'm joined by my fellow HPS awesome Nicole Emerson as we dive into the topic of energy drinks. And to quote the title of today's episode, caffeine, taurine, and guarana, oh my, because really, oh my. It's a topic that everyone can relate to in some way, whether you're a regular energy drink user, know someone that is, or perhaps struggle to get through the day without some kind of a caffeinated pick-me-up. You'll want to take note of what we're going to be discussing today. Welcome back, Nicole. This should be fun. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Carissa. So for me personally, when I think about this topic, I don't often think about energy drinks. My vice is coffee, oftentimes too much. I I know when I'm not getting enough sleep because I'm going for that extra cup of coffee, maybe on a rougher day, I'm going for a piece of chocolate. But knowing that the popularity that exists with energy drinks is still very much prevalent. It's definitely worth reminding everyone of some of the considerations and risks. But not only that, the whole concept of why people are choosing them. I'm reminded of this time, and I won't mention where we were, other than we were at a Canex at another base. And this fellow was buying his large Timmy's coffee, an energy drink, and a pack of cigarettes at 7.30 a.m., total stimulant overload, and quite frankly, a recipe for a heart attack, which is terrifying. And it got me thinking, why is this a thing? Was this incident just a one-off? Probably not, but we don't know for sure. And the sad thing and concerning truth is that this behavior isn't uncommon. If I had a nickel for every time I heard the response, a double-double in a cigarette, to the question, what do you do or what do you eat pre-exercise, I may be able to retire. Not really, but enough times over the years that it's concerning. So lots to talk about with this topic. And I'll start off with this quote by Ryan Andrews of Precision Nutrition, and that's, why would somebody need more energy? I mean, the only time energy levels bottom out is when we skip sleep, skip workouts, and consume pathetic foods. Wait a minute, I just described most of North America. Okay, I guess I do understand why people are drawn to canned pick-me-ups, end of quote. So let's unpack that. What are your thoughts, Carissa, on the whole lifestyle piece, driving people like that fellow we saw choose the can pick me up among other stimulants to get through the day, or maybe even just to get through his morning? Thanks, Nicole, because that's a loaded question if ever there was one. So to start, I would say that I think that there's probably a number of things going on for lots of people. And this isn't to make excuses, but let's face it, the last couple of years have been rough. We don't know what's been going on for people in terms of any fallout from the pandemic that may have affected their family structure, stress that led to family breakup or loss of a job that has led to financial stress that might have led to a family breakup or work stress because there were or are fewer people doing the same amount of work that still needs to be done. I think it's important to go as far upstream to see what might be driving certain behaviors as opposed to simply glomming onto, oh, they're not sleeping because they're gaming all night. Okay, so maybe that might be true, but why are they gaming all night? is because of either the scenarios I just described or something else that is equally challenging that's happening. And now they're just trying to cope and not saying it's a good coping strategy, but I think it's possibly one of the reasons that that might be going on. Then I also think that we've gotten very accustomed to self-soothing in a way that might lead to said gaming all night. 
which has the side effect of needing that boost the next day and the next day and so on and so on. But it might also be insomnia, which, as we've talked about in our sleep briefings, isn't a nighttime issue. It's a 24-hour issue. If you aren't sleeping at night, what's going on in the day that is causing that? Again, it's about going upstream a little and digging a little deeper into the circumstances around why energy drinks end up being the answer. The reality also is that marketing is a huge factor. We all know that Red Bull doesn't give you wings, but it's the idea that you can be a bit better or edgier or more alert that can be attractive. And if you're feeling sort of blah, I'm sure a lot of people are like, why not? What have I got to lose? So really just to say, I think it's a super complex issue. And just saying don't use energy drinks is going to be about as effective as saying don't smoke or don't use drugs until you get to the why it's not going to matter. Absolutely, Carissa. Couldn't agree more. It is very, very complex. So let's unpack energy drinks, starting with what they are. And according to the National Public Health Institute of Quebec, are any product in the form of a drink or concentrated liquid that claims to contain a mixture of ingredients having the property to raise energy levels and physical alertness, excluding sports drinks. So that sounds intriguing, and I can definitely see how society has glommed on to these miracle drinks, promising to increase energy levels and physical alertness. Sign me up. Not really, though. And then you think of the ads, like you said, and not to pick on Red Bull. It's just the only one that I can recall. And the fact that their slogan is Red Bull gives you wings. I mean, who doesn't want wings? Okay, so we know that there are a rapidly growing number of these products on the market, and they all promise to help energize you so that you feel better, deal with the demands of the world, do what you need to do. What about the composition? What's in these miracle elixirs? That is another one of those questions that the answer is a little bit alarming. So it can be a little bit scary what people are willingly consuming when you take a look at what's in these products. Some of the products contain the caffeine equivalent of one cup of coffee, so not really a big deal. But others contain the equivalent of four or more cups of coffee, so that's a lot of caffeine. As for the main ingredients found in energy drinks, it's typically water, sugar, synthetic or natural caffeine from sources like guarana, yerba mate, and coffee beans, as well as taurine, ginseng, and other herbs, B vitamins, glucuronolactone, and inositol, just to name a few. And considering how those don't really roll off your tongue, you have to wonder, is this an ingredient I really want to be consuming? The point here is to not go into this great amount of detail on the ingredients, because the truth is that what the evidence shows is that there just isn't a lot of scientific data on short or long-term effects on health for any of them, for good or for bad. I think that's really important to consider too. Very few studies have examined the effects of energy drinks on health, and the data that does exist is primarily related to the caffeine and sugar causing risks or adverse effects on health. And that's kind of old news. And a lot of what does exist is also anecdotal, and often the sites that you find the information on seem to skew in favor of the pros and try to downplay the cons, which, if you're trying to provide balanced information to allow people to come to their own conclusions, seems a little bit like dirty pool, but hey, that's marketing. Buyer beware and all that. And so we know that it's also not new from the time that there was snake oil salesmen peddling stuff from town to town with their little donkey carts right on till today when you see them in every vending machine, it seems. And even my kiddo, who's in grade nine, has been telling me about the kids who've been drinking energy drinks for several years now. That's terrifying. 
So anyway, it's out there. So tell me, how long have energy drinks in the form that we're discussing today actually been around? That's a great question. So to give a a brief history, highly caffeinated soft drinks appeared in Europe and Asia in the 1960s. Energy drinks as we know them initially became available to the public with the introduction of Red Bull to Austria in 1987 and subsequently to North America in 1997. The energy drink industry has since grown exponentially, becoming a multi-billion dollar market, and the global energy drink market is expected to reach 84.8 billion USD by 2025. (laughs) So that's wow. And with the array of products on the market promising to solve our problems, giving us enough energy to deal with our day and improving performance and all that, let's consider again why people are choosing these beverages. So we know that they are traditionally used for staying awake and staying alert, boosting energy, increasing motivation, improving performance, quenching thirst, studying more, improving the taste of alcoholic beverages, partying all night along with alcohol, improving health, which hmm, if you're choosing an energy drink to improve health, that's uh, a problem. And then to game longer. So these are pretty concerning, especially when considering their use with alcohol and gaming and potentially improving health or performance. We'll dive into that a little bit more in a second. But we do have some stats specific to the calf as it pertains to the prevalence of use. This data is admittedly a little bit dated. I still think it paints a a reasonable picture in terms of what's happening within the population that we're concerned with. So here's what we know from the HLIS 2013-14 RegForce report. 36.3% of RegForce personnel consumed energy drinks in the 12 months prior to the survey. In that 12-month period, 9.7% of RegForce personnel, or 1 out of 10, consumed energy drinks on a weekly basis, while 26.6 did so on a monthly basis or less. But what the data didn't show was how much was consumed, how it was consumed, whether it was mixed with alcohol or straight, and in what context it was consumed or the average age of users. But here's a particularly alarming statistic. During a military exercise in the spring of 2013, the Canix at CFB Wainwright sold 6,000 cans of Monster Energy Drinks. That statistic comes out of our Top Fuel for Top Performance workshop, and when that's read aloud to the the group, the room typically explodes in laughter, and there's lots of head nods. So probably a pretty good indication of the accuracy of that number, and that's terrifying. And I would argue that it might even be higher than that. So while the different websites may not be as upfront about the downsides of energy drinks, it's probably not a bad idea to remind our listeners that as with pretty much everything else, there are definitely risks or potential side effects of consuming energy drinks. It's just a question of becoming an informed and critical consumer. Absolutely. So in terms of some of those potential side effects, energy drinks do have the potential to aggravate a number of medical conditions, including attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD, anxiety, gastroesophageal reflux disorder, also known as GERD, heartburn, sleep disorders, high blood pressure, arrhythmias, and obesity, especially obviously the ones that are sweetened with sugar. Other side effects include nervousness, stroke, headache, insomnia, 
nausea, vomiting, dehydration, increased heart rate, irregular heart rate, seizures, cardiac arrest. I sound like one of those commercials, a medical. Um, yeah, the pharmacy ads. Yeah, the pharmacy ads. Take yeah. this, it'll make you better. But all of these other things might <laughs> But it might happen. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's important to read the label, understand what it is that you're putting into your body. And use it with caution. Follow the guidelines. Don't overconsume. So that when we hear that stat from Wainwright, again, it's, it's probably higher than that. And when you think about the kind of, you know, what they're having to do when they're in the field and they're experiencing that nervousness and elevated heart rate and everything that's, you know, those, the energy drink is potentially doing to them, that, that's really alarming. And considering... All of this, it should be a no brainer that energy drinks and physical activity don't mix. And for folks that think that Red Bull or Rockstar or Monster or whatever will improve their physical performance, please, please, please reconsider. Energy drinks are not the same as sports drinks and can do more harm than good if used in this context. When we consider the nutrition guidelines for pre, during, post exercise, hydration is really key and energy drinks can lead to dehydration, which defeats the whole intended purpose of drinking something. Not to mention they contain no electrolytes, they can upset your stomach, and those that are sugar sweetened contain too much sugar and the caffeine they contain is a diuretic. So bottom line message here is that water is your best choice during most types of activities. And a sports drink, which includes carbohydrate and electrolytes, is best suited for long or intense exercise. Energy drinks have not been shown to enhance performance. And there are growing concerns regarding their safety, especially when you consider the potential effects on the nervous system, heart rate, and blood pressure, which are already elevated during physical activity. So it really puts an additional strain on the circulatory system. Thanks for that important reminder, Nicole. It's concerning that people are prepared to do these sorts of things, knowing that that's a potential side effect, simply because maybe there's some other root cause issue that's not being addressed. And this band-aid approach is just, it's so easy that canned energy just seems like such a perfect solution, but it's probably about as imperfect a solution as you can find. I'd like to come back to one of the reasons people are choosing energy drinks that you had mentioned in your list of why people do that. And I thought it was hilarious to make alcohol taste better. Like, okay, I'm not a big drinker. Alcohol is not my favorite unless it's in like a Bellini or a, you know, a margarita or something that you really can't taste the alcohol in. And then it, I have smelled an energy drink and just the smell alone is enough to not make me want to drink it. But I know that Heather has tasted it and apparently it just tastes like this chemical concoction. So how that makes the alcohol taste better is mind boggling to me, but you know, to each his own, I suppose. However, it's in that combination when they're being consumed with alcohol that we start to really see a picture that's very disturbing. So the irony is that alcohol is a downer and energy drinks are an upper. Mixing them seems counterintuitive and yet pop culture has made this a thing. From a safety common sense perspective, energy drinks should not be mixed with alcohol, period. No exception. But we know that it happens. So as I intimated a moment ago, alcohol is a depressant. And as a general rule, the more you drink, either the less energetic you will feel, or because it also decreases your inhibitions, you might start to make some less than stellar decisions thinking that you actually are more fine than you are. 
The stimulants, on the other hand, in the energy drinks combat this depressant effect. And so you see people who can still function despite having consumed a great deal of alcohol and being very intoxicated, or they think they can still function. I think that's sort of the the really key feature there. So they seem really intoxicated. And in literature, the researchers refer to this phenomenon as wide awake drunk. Canadian researcher Audra Rumer says that the stimulant effects of the energy drinks mask the intoxicating effects of the alcohol. And what happens is people underestimate how intoxicated they are, and then they walk out of the bar, get into their car and try to drive home. It increases the chances of things going sideways, literally. So yes, it's best to avoid mixing the two altogether. But again, if you are going to do that, just be aware of that. Know that this is my plan for my night out. I'm going to do this. So make sure you have that Uber number, that phone number, that designated driver ready so that you're not going to be putting yourself into a situation where you think you can do it, but you really can't. So if folks are consuming energy drinks to stay awake gaming, which is one of the other things that you said, going back to those opening comments that I made, if one potentially problematic behavior is compounded by another potentially problematic behavior, the potential impacts become additive and nothing about that is healthy or positive or helpful. If there's crap in your life that is going on that needs to be addressed, that kind of self-soothing is counterproductive. And not to sound like a total bag here, but deal with the stuff that's hard and use gaming as a recreational activity and drinking or energy drinks as a separate, possibly also recreational activity. The consequences of gaming, not sleeping, and self-medicating with booze and energy drinks is truly a recipe for disaster. The dangers are real, and if anyone finds themselves in that situation, it's important to recognize that you can step out of that loop and get help. There are supports available. Thanks, Carissa. And I'll plug the Drinking, Drugging, Gaming podcast for reference for anyone looking for resources or supports on this topic. So knowing that they are not miracle drinks, nor should they replace healthy behaviors, let's end by talking about some simple strategies and tips around sleep, nutrition, and activity, which is also a nice segue into next episode, episode three on sleep and performance, which is dropping October 12th. So definitely tune in for that one. But some of my strategies and key takeaways for this topic are number one, if you're feeling like you can't make it through the day or start the day without a pick me up, and I'm talking beyond the standard cup of Joe in the morning, I'm thinking of that fellow that I mentioned at the beginning, consider why that is. It's one thing to say, get enough sleep, but it's another to understand what's making it difficult for this to happen. Maybe the first step is taking a good hard look at your sleep schedule and patterns and habits that may be unintentionally sabotaging your sleep efforts and simply adjusting accordingly. But perhaps it's beyond that. And despite your best efforts, sleep isn't easy to come by. If it's stress-related, mental health may be the place to start. If it's pain-related, maybe you need to see your doctor. The point here is to do something because energy drinks or excessive amounts of caffeine or cigarettes, whatever your vice is, maybe all three, is just feeding into that vicious cycle. The second strategy, we know that what we eat affects how we feel, both mentally and physically. And we talk about fueling our bodies for physical activity. And the same concept is true for taking on the day. We need to fuel our bodies appropriately and consistently throughout the day, starting with the most important meal of the day. 
It makes me think of breakfast programs in school and the, the amount of evidence around eating breakfast and how that helps to improve performance in students' academic activities. We know this to be true, and it still holds true for adults. We're still learning, needing to concentrate and focus and remember things, which is all impacted if we are not fueling our brain with anything other than stimulants. So all that to say, have your coffee, maybe just add substance to that, like an egg on on an English muffin, which can easily be made at home. Doesn't have to be going through Timmy's. You you can make this stuff at home and and have a piece of fruit, which fun fact is what my seven-year-old eats before school minus the coffee. So, you know, it's it's a great way just, just to start the day and get that food in your system and get things going. So lastly, for me anyway, I'll just say that if you do choose to drink energy drinks, just follow the guidelines and use caution. They're not recommended for children, adolescents, pregnant or breastfeeding women. So if you find yourself in any of those categories, it's best to avoid altogether. So any final thoughts for you, Carissa, before we sign off? I think you've nailed it, Nicole. I think that you've really hit upon the things that people can do very strategically, very simply to, again, go a little bit upstream, see what little changes you can make that just might be enough to be able to help you to get through that day so that you don't feel the need to start off with that Timmy's, that cigarette and that energy drink. I don't know what it would be like to work with that person because they're <laughs> they're going to be so like wired for sound that I don't know that it would, I don't know that it actually would make you more productive. I just feel like it would make your, it's like putting the hamster in your brain on speed. (laughs) It's just going to, you know, like, so yeah, I, and I think that you make, again, make it additive. Think about how many people in any particular group or unit or whatever might be having that exact same thing for breakfast. And I got a bunch of (laughs) hamsters or whatever, like going bananas. And I just, I don't see how that's helping with mood. I don't know how that's going to be helping with focus, productivity. Maybe it just makes people laugh. And I guess that there's something to be said for humor in the workplace. So, you know, it might not be all bad news, but yeah, I think that we have to really think about some of the things that are going into the why and addressing those and then moving forward from that. And I heard recently such an insightful comment, which was, if we can teach people to think critically, it means that we're teaching them how to think, which means that nobody can tell them what to think. And so you're not going to be as likely to believe the anecdotal stories, the advertising, the marketing, the bro science, the whatever, because you're going to question it. You're going to say, "Mm, yeah, I, I am feeling not great. I haven't slept well, but do I really think that this thing is going to be all that in a bag of chips for me? You know, so hopefully what it doesn't do is make them question what we're telling them because (laughs) we're actually coming from a very altruistic place and we don't have anything to sell you. So we really just want the best for the members. Anyway, thank you so much for a really insightful discussion about something that we know is likely more of a problem than we think. We do have to remember to look at that big picture, the whole forest, not just the trees. If some of those trees are starting to be like magnets taking all of your attention and you're not seeing the forest anymore, it's time to get some help. We also know that our caregivers are burnt or burning out, so we all need to do what we can to look out for one another. If you see your buddy slamming back their double-double and half an hour later cracking open a can of Monster or whatever, maybe note that and ask, hey, is there anything going on? Don't necessarily preface it with, dude, what's the deal with all that stuff you're drinking? Maybe they really like them and that's fine. 
But liking something and taking advantage of whatever that little buzz is they get and not being able to function without it, that's wildly different. So just note that you're there if they want to talk and call that good. Getting to the bottom of the problem and not putting band-aids on stinky wounds is the only way that things are ever going to get better. And on that really pleasant note, (laughs) thanks again, Nicole. And thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Be there for each other. And hopefully you'll join us again for another episode of Food for Thought. In the meantime, take care, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the flip-flop.